The Natural Hat Trick, hosted by Luke Lipinski and Craig Morgan. Welcome to episode 229 of the Natural Hat Trick podcast alongside Craig Morgan. The Natural Hat Trick. And Jamie Eisner. What's up? I'm Luke Lipinski. Gentlemen, we're all together. We are. And all well fed this morning. Yeah, we all brought stuff. It's like a pretty cool Christmas potluck. Can you tell us what you brought me? I brought coffee. You did. You brought good coffee. You brought me a breve. Yeah, I had to order that, and I had no idea what I was ordering. <laughs> I also didn't bring any coffee for myself, so it was a true selfless act. You, but you brought something from yourself. Why did you not bring coffee for yourself? I didn't want coffee today. You didn't want coffee. You, you wanted to be awake? You just wanted orange juice. Don't you need yeah. coffee? No. Don't you depend on coffee? I don't. You don't? I, I rarely actually drink coffee, only on this show. He just snorts like three lines and goes okay. to work. That's I was there wondering what the secret was, too. Yeah. And then Jamie Recording seven podcasts a week. Brought two today. Jamie brought uh, I don't know what Jamie brought. Can- something Canadian. Canadian Smarties because we talked about this on the show. I think on right after Halloween we talked about these. So are these chocolate? Yes, Canadian Smarties. I'm going to try them later. They, they are look very like, good. Am, are we going to try these on the air? Uh, well, I mean, I feel like that's my brand, really. To be okay. yeah, Craig is the one that eats on the air. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, okay. We'll have Craig try this right okay. on the air. I will at some point, inappropriate. Okay, good. Just don't even okay. tell us what you're doing. Okay. And then Craig brought uh, muffins that he didn't bake. Yes. Wow. Just... You're welcome, I think. <laughs> I got to give your wife credit because she'll never yes. hear this. Tara did bake them. They were pumpkin spice. They were delightful. With we would thank her on the show. Cinnamon but... and some layer of sugar on they were very good were they baked for us or did you just take them and run out the door they were baked for you oh okay oh. just me mm, no. no okay you being a collective, collective. You. oh all right i understand uh how many coaches do you think have been fired while we've been talking it's about food insane isn't well, it five have been fired since the last time the red wings won a game so that's a thing <laughs> oh and none of them have been the that's red a wings real st- yeah it's a real stat by the way <laughs> you guys saw the story i wrote it ran two days ago on the Seven coaches that started the year uh, on a new team. You write right. so many stories. Who doesn't true. read the athletic? It's true. I don't write that many, actually. I nowhere near as many as I used to. Really? When I wrote for four outlets, yeah. And now this is all you do, and you're writing yeah. less. Yes, okay. which is awesome. Yeah. But when the season began, 14 of the NHL's 31 coaches had been at their current post less than two seasons. By today, that number has grown to 19. That's unreal. 19 of 31 coaches have been on the job less than two seasons. Well, what is it? Uh, Vegas has the longest tenured coach in the Pacific, and yes, Vegas wasn't exactly. a team three years ago. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, they're all... I'm sorry, we just got followed by the Jan Yannick Stan account, and I just want to read everything they've posted. Um, I mean, there some of these are for very different reasons, like Bill Peters, but some of them, and, and whatever happened with Jim Montgomery, but some of them, like Peter DeBoer, like San Jose wasn't doing that bad, and he's just gone. They're, I mean, they're they've lost three straight. It looked like they had righted the ship and they were on a run. And I think if they had kept playing like that or at least played 500, they probably would have saved his job. But they've lost three straight. They're 15, 16, and two, sixth in the Pacific and five points off the wild card base. So there comes a point where you look at that number, how far you're trailing the playoff race. At a certain point, you're too far back. You don't want to get this to eight, ten points because you're in trouble then. Yeah, my concern here, though, is... In let's say in other sports, you can usually clearly link coaching to other aspects of the game. The defense isn't playing well. You have a defensive-minded coach. What what's wrong with the scheme? You have an offensive-minded coach. Your quarterback's not playing well. What's going on? What 
I don't know what Peter DeBoer is supposed to do about Martin Jones never stopping a shot for yeah. the rest of his life. His inability to move laterally. Yeah, I, I don't yes. know what you do having a team 887 <laughs> save percentage. Like, I don't know what co- – I mean, I understand if you're going to make a move just to shake things up, but I don't understand what coaching is going to do at this point – your head coach to fix that issue. But if every team makes a move to shake things up, does it really shake things up? Now, Jamie, I don't know if you're aware of this, but a team last year that was in last place on January 3rd oh, yeah. made a coach change one Stanley Cup. Clearly so I'm that's assuming that's what everyone is doing here. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what San Which Jose's AHL doing. goalie's coming up to win Rookie of the Year? Uh, Martin Jones looks like an AHL goalie. <laughs> Can he still win Rookie of the Year? The, mm. the San Jose one sort of surprised me. It, it's a, it, I can't say it surprised me because he was on the list that we we've been putting out for weeks but he wasn't high on that list i have a <laughs> a couple other guys that are higher yeah. one who coaches the team that jamie just mentioned the one that's lost 12 straight games jeff jeff blashell has to be on the hot seat i mean i understand i guess if you wait till the end of the season because what doesn't even matter they at this might point? lose 50 games in a row Do by the end think of the season they want to just break the record first because they're only too shy of the <laughs> yeah, franchise they're record. gonna break and pick they have fourth left. Yeah, that's the thing. You have a 50% chance of picking fourth. <laughs> no, it's Detroit. They'll give them the top pick. No, there will be – is there a way Edmonton can get the top pick again? It'll be whoever Taylor Hall goes to. Um, they're, just, they're really he ain't going team. to Detroit. Detroit is Winnipeg and Montreal coming up. They'd have to yeah. – what's the record? The record is 14? Yeah. So to break it, they'd have to lose at home to L.A. Uh, I don't think they're – By the way, not only that – Oh, believe, they'll just tie it. How yeah. boring. <laughs> I believe they've also lost eight straight games by multiple goals. Like oh, yeah. They're, 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 they're just getting boat raced No, the multiple goals is like they lost by four, they lost by three, they lost by six, they lost by five. Like these these scores, 6 nothing, 6-1, six, 2 nothing, 4-1, 5-2, these aren't even close multiple goal losses. No, they're, such a they're, they're not. They're not at all. I, I'm trying to find this because I wrote about this for Sports Illustrated briefly about the uh, for, for the betting column I've been doing. Uh, just how terrible that they've been, and it, it's just a whole nother level of just how. Well, awful. they've scored nine goals in their last eight games, and I can't even do the math quickly on how many goals they've given up. It looks like 33. They've been outscored 33 to nine in their last eight games. I mm. mean, so NHL.com lists the goaltending leaders, as you guys know, um, save percentage. For instance, when I flip to that page, there are 53 goalies listed. 51st is Jonathan Bernier. Ooh, okay. 53rd is Jimmy Howard. Oof. They are sandwiching Jonathan Quick right now. Here's here's a fun fact. Uh, Jonathan Bernier has not allowed fewer than three goals in a game since November 10th. Of what year? Is Eric Comrie their best goalie at this point? He stepped in Calvin and played Picker. the other day. He got, he got, yeah, he got smoked, but he stepped yes. in and played. Um, all right. So we think Jeff Blashill is the next coach fired? You would think. <laughs> what are you waiting most for? Deserving. You've lost a dozen straight games. I mean, what's working here right now? Are they progressing? What's is this working team here? really Nothing moving forward? Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody? I mean, I don't think anybody expected Detroit to be a playoff team, but you needed to see signs of growth, didn't you? I expected them to win the occasional game. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. There should be some minimum standards here. Like win occasionally seven twenty two and three, They're horrible. And, and the worst team in the league by far. I can't. I can't remember any of their seven wins. And I'm somebody who goes through the NHL scoreboard every night on our broadcasts. Well, again, they haven't won in like eight years. But I, I don't know. Like Nashville, Dallas. Some, somebody asked us. Well, I know somebody asked us in the question section. So I'm just going to completely destroy the format of our show and just ask it now. But is this team worse than that Avs team from a few years back? We shall see. Like it's it's starting to look like it. They beat Boston this year. Yeah. How many? Which made no 40, sense. Forty. How many points did they finish with the Avs that year? 
48, 48, I, I feel like, is the number. So Detroit has 17 32. in 32 so games. Pace but the thing is, I think Detroit's getting worse. Doing some quick phone math. Ooh, quick phone Indeed. math. It's like a beautiful mind watching Jamie type all 43 the numbers. 43 and a half. Woo! I mean, do you see them playing better as the season goes on? Now, one would hope. I, I would assume they would win again, so yes. They beat I can't remember their last win. Boston, Vegas, and Anaheim. Three straight wins from November They had three to straight November wins? 12th, and they haven't won since. They beat Boston? Boston, Vegas, and Anaheim, and yeah. they've, they've lost every game since. It's been a month. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about Detroit. Do we want to even try to make sense of what happened in Dallas? That was the weirdest press conference I can remember. And for some reason, I listened to the whole thing. And I understand, like, they can't necessarily say what's going on. But then why have the press conference? It was just weird. Well, I mean, you, I think you have to have a press conference in yeah. that situation. When you when you fire a coach, unexpected, well, when you fire a coach, period, you should hold a press conference. That's fair. But there was nothing. Was, there was no substance to the press conference. Well, there were a lot of what it was nots. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like we were playing <laughs> 20 not questions. Against, this was against the value and standards of the Dallas Stars organization. It was not based on on-ice performance. There was no connection to any past or present Stars players or employees, and there is no ongoing criminal investigation. Okay. So what happened? If, yeah, if there's no ongoing criminal investigation... Does that mean the person involved decided not to press charges? I don't know what that means. Or yeah, speculate it's, it's wildly weird. here. That's the thing. If there's no ongoing... If it's not a criminal thing, why don't they just say what it was? Because now I feel like everybody's assuming it's much worse than it actually was. There Pro- could be a good reason. Yeah, I there assume, there's, I assume there might be lawyers involved. There which could is, also be a victim yeah. who doesn't want to press charges, but... Doesn't want doesn't want to a name out there. Yeah. But if if they're say, yeah okay I, that's true that's true and if it's that then I completely get it. But when they say there's no ongoing criminal investigation, like the way the press conference made it sound like there it was not a criminal act, like there wasn't anything that bad. Well, they said there's no ongoing criminal investigation. That doesn't mean there wasn't a criminal act. Yeah. Did they say there was no criminal I, act? I'd have to go I, back and I, listen I again. And honestly, I can't. I listened to the whole thing driving to the Coyotes game the other day, and it just. I mean, I feel for for. Jim Neal was sitting up there answering questions, not being able to answer not the be, questions. Yeah. It was just a very and, – and all the media members are like, okay, how can we ask this where he might accidentally slip up and give us an answer? I don't know. That That's a strange situation. And they said it has nothing to do with the uh, the NHL's new plan that they put out there the day before. Yeah, so that, that just seems to me like obviously something happened outside of the framework of the team. Yeah. For whatever it might be. But – I mean, I guess we don't really know. I mean, right now, as you saw, even with the DeBoer firing, every every coach firing for the rest of this season, at least, is going to have qualifiers at yeah. the end of every conference. Yeah, like I was nothing against Peter DeBoer, but I was happy to see it was just because he's not winning enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was nice to see someone fired for on-ice reasons yeah. for a change. Like I was like, oh, good for him, even though he just got fired. But it was like, okay, so we, we can not think Peter DeBoer is a bad guy. We just think he... Wasn't he's not even a bad coach? Like he'll pop up somewhere else and go to yeah. go to the Stanley I mean, Cup in his third straight first year with the team. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Kurz and I assume others have reported at this point that the changes were made purely for hockey reasons. Yeah. There. So, I mean, you uh, let me ask you this though: Are the Sharks' expectations fair at this point? For not this if team? no, not if they're firing him for being five hundred. No, but I understand why. Like their expectations are out of whack, but. I guess they don't really. We talked about this in the preseason. They don't really have a choice. They're kind of stuck in between right now, where they're probably not, well, definitely not good enough to be a cup contender, but they're not bad enough to bottom out either. But they're still trying to hold on to a shred of maybe we can just go on, get get hot and go on one late run. And it's it's a fool's errand. They're wrong. I, I don't. That's the name of this podcast, by the way. A fool's errand. I'm going to write that. Or down. me being wrong. That could also be the name of this. Podcast. No, that's implied. We'll get to the ads later. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, we will. Uh, I, I don't see how San Jose makes the playoffs in this division. 
I really the the four teams at the top, maybe they don't all four make it, but they're like the Oilers, Coyotes, Flames, and, and Vegas all seem like they should be playoff teams. And, and that's why, too, uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, I think that's why this move was made. When you have slipped back to this point, you're five points off the wildcard pace, you start to get a little concerned because it go, if it goes a little farther, they're not coming back. They have no chance. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's why it was made. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we, we've been talking about this all year that San Jose may be on that same downward slope that LA and Anaheim started earlier, yeah. so we could have all three California teams out of the playoffs. I see. I don't. I don't think they're that bad. Well, they could be. I, I think they could miss the playoffs. I don't think they're as bad as LA. No, nobody's as bad as LA. Well, That's but right. They could be headed well, that direction. Nobody in the West point. is as bad as LA. They could no. be headed that direction. Yeah, you mean like in the next couple of years? Yeah, because Brent Burns is thirty-four. Joe Pavelski's gone now. Yeah, I mean but Thornton got, will retire here. At some Thornton point. will retire. Even Logan Couture is 30 years old. But they've got uh, Burns, Vlasic, and Carlson signed forever. Yeah, they have a lot of money tied up in their blue line. And they have no goaltending. 26.5 in those three guys in terms of cap hit. It's not good. Uh, What do we make of the top of the Pacific now? Edmonton's got... Is this stat real? I heard heard two stats the other day that I I double-checked one of them. I couldn't figure this one out. The Oilers have lost their last 24 games where Drysaddle or McDavid doesn't register at least a point. I could believe it. That's insane. So they got shut out? Well, when those two have got... Yeah, so the team got shut out. <laughs> yeah, basically. The Oilers have lost their so last... They lose, they lose every game that I'm scoring? And then the other one was uh, Mark Jankowski on the Flames. Did you hear this stat? He picked up not. an assist in the Colorado game. But prior to that, he had zero points on the season. He also hadn't been on the ice for a single Calgary goal all season. They had 81 goals, and he wasn't even on the ice for any of them. And then he had the assist against Colorado. Um and then Zach Ronaldo and Milan Lucic both scored against the Coyotes, yeah, and I, mean, I blacked out. That pretty much ended the night. When, when that happened, I knew it was over. No chance. Not happening. How does... How? I, I don't know why they were so flat in that game. I, I, you can't really use... You, you can use the schedule to an extent, but Calgary played the previous night. They went into overtime. Maybe. Without Kachuk. Yeah, and they played without Kachuk. Yeah, you should... I don't know. That team's hot right now, obviously. They haven't lost under their interim coach. They're 6-0, and but... You got to have a better showing than you did. Yeah, you and did. Jason Demers was out too, so that that matters. I mean, it messed up their pairs and their their blue line. Other than Jacob Chikrin and uh, a, an okay game from Alex Goligoski, their their blue line was not great. Yeah, they. I mean, you can't. <laughs> we'll get you, to the Coyotes soon. But. You can't rush Jalmerson or, or Demers back, but missing two of your top four defensemen entering the season. Yeah, it's definitely starting your to top show. five now. So yeah, yeah, you need them. You need him to get back. Um, the highlight of that game was Matthew Kachuk staring at the Keith Kachuk poster up in the press box for a while and then pointing with his teammates and laughing and then walking down the hall. That was the highlight of the game for me because the Coyotes, that was their worst game of the season, I thought, by far. I know you could point to Toronto or Montreal maybe, but and I know they almost scored twice early, and if they do, I know everybody's like, Michael oh, well, game yeah. Changes, yeah. A lot of people hating on Michael Grabner because he can't finish. He hit that post. If that yeah. puck goes in, yeah, different game. Maybe I just I had flashbacks to last year when they couldn't even hang with Calgary for whatever reason. Just not a great matchup when when Calgary's going like that. Remember last year Calgary outscored the Coyotes I think eighteen to three in the first three games. So Coyotes are obviously a different team this year, but Calgary shouldn't be. I mean they had the best record in the Western Conference last year. Yeah, they're playing well right now. We'll see if they can sustain. We've seen these mini streaks from other teams, and then they just. Yeah, I mean, back a little no, bit, like San Jose and, or yeah. Toronto. Yeah, I mean, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto came back. I mean, I, this might not be the point in the show to talk about it, but at some point, when are we going to sit back and look at Toronto and Tampa and go, you know what? Maybe they're not just going to turn it on. We're halfway through the season almost. 
Yeah. Like, I'm not ready to say they're not going to make the playoffs, but I'm also, I don't think I'm just ready to sit back and say, well, all, well, these guys are still Stanley Cup contenders based on what? Based on what have we seen? They're going to need, man, I don't know. Here, Here's the, the playoff matchups right now in the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia, Boston, Montreal, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington, Carolina, and the Islanders. So if you're Tampa and Toronto, and I still think they'll both make it in, who are you both making it in over? Buffalo and Montreal? Yeah, I okay. st- and I still think that's the most likely scenario. I mean, Florida's in the mix, too, to, to yeah. jump. But, I mean, right now, Buffalo and Montreal are tied for the seventh best record in the conference, yet they're both... One of them is going to ho- in this hypothetical scenario. One of them is hosting a playoff series. That was supposed to be the best division in hockey this yeah. year, and it has not been. Yeah. Boston's done their part. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I don't think Montreal's making the playoffs. I mean, I don't either. I, mean, I, I, I still think Florida. If I had to guess, Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, at least two of those three, if not all three, are making the playoffs. I but like Buffalo a little more this year than I did last year. They're, I like that they've bounced back that they, mm-hmm. because they they had that little run there where they got there where they were playing really well, then they fell back down to earth. And in previous years, that's been it for them. Like yeah. they've then just toiled in the yeah. tenth, eleventh, twelfth in the East, and they've kind of stayed there. They've made another push, and Jack Eichel is just scoring like crazy. Oh, this is the Jack, I- up Jack Eichel. This yeah, is the Jack Eichel Hart breakout trophy? year. Heart Trophy candidate right. this year. Absolutely, he has to be right. He's got to be on. He's got to be on for, the podium for career highs at this point because mm-hmm. he doesn't typically score like this. Like he's a decent scorer, but he's on pace for what forty five ish goals right yeah, now. Credit to the coaching staff for unlocking that. Huh? I like Ralph Kruger, by the way. I got a chance to talk with him for a while, and this is a good home team as well. So there, there's some things that are trending upward for Buffalo right now. They have a chance. He, he's on pace for well, he's got twenty and twenty four right now, so forty four points in thirty two games, and his career high in goals, believe it or not, is only twenty eight. So. I mean, he's on pace to shatter all. He's on pace for fifty-one goals right now. Yeah, this this is the. It might have taken a little bit longer, and we'll see if he can sustain it. Not only just the rest of this year, but multiple years. But this looks like the breakout. This is the player that people thought was going to be neck and neck with McDavid. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing the is, other like, guy that should be in Arizona. Yeah, Eichel's probably the one, one that actually. Really yeah, be. the one that yeah. was should have been, um, just based on odds standings. and you know the first set of ping pong balls Gary Bettman drew. Yeah. Uh, so if you go, like, if you just look at the scoring race, I mean, if you're trying to find the three Hart finalists, McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Marshawn, Pasternak, Eichel, and maybe John Carlson even, with the season he's having, but I'm guessing he'll just be He's not going to be there with these guys. Yeah. Um, we could argue they probably maybe should, but he's not going to. So, I mean, you have to find a way to get Eichel in there, right? Yeah. So is it Marshawn and Pasternak taking votes away from each other? Yes. And yeah. then obviously... Drysidle or McDavid, if they can only take one, they'll just ignore Drysidle, even though he's having just as good of a year as McDavid. But he's not McDavid. Yeah. Right now, I probably have Eichel fourth behind the two Oilers and McKinnon. So I guess I guess I don't have him on the podium yet, but it's close. But not no Pasternak, twenty six goals already. Fifth. I mean, we're, we're splitting hairs here. With the, yeah. the take, they're all very good, Luke. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel better. Marshawn has. He's only taking 83 I'm st- shots. I'm still always going to lean to centers. I'm still always going to... Like, if that's a tie break, if you're just close, I'm always going to lean to that position. Yeah. I don't know. It's something to watch. It, it's it's the only reason ever to watch Buffalo. Um, in the West, the playoffs would be Vegas, Colorado, which I'm all in on. Winnipeg, St. Louis, Dallas, Edmonton, and Calgary versus Arizona, which is like the one team I don't want Arizona to play. Right. Um, this is the part of the show where we talk about Colorado and how wrong Jamie is. 
I love how both of you just look up at me. <laughs> we were actually. Uh, I, I, this is your was that, co- right here. Was that coordinated? Uh, no. Okay, so I want to just a couple different things with the abs. Okay, so I'm not going to throw in the towel till the end of the season. Again, re re because just reestablish for everybody what your original statement was. Well, because I think there are two parts here. Because one of them I think we can already establish was incorrect, and one of them that we'll see if it's incorrect. And so the first part was that I didn't think I they were going to be a top team in the West. Regardless of, unless they completely bottom out, the rest of the West has been so bad and they have so much talent that they are going to be a top team in the West, regardless of where they finish. For the record, they are the top team in the West right now. At the moment. Okay. But okay, also, so what I got out of that is the Avs are a horrible team, and I'm not backing off of that. Is that what you got? I know I yeah. heard the Avs are a horrible team, but the rest of the West is worse. So it's just no, making no, me look I didn't say that. I, okay, I, sorry, I, I missed the, that subtle talk. The, the rest of the West being a lot worse than I anticipated. Okay. Uh, everybody anticipated is playing a huge factor here. Probably because they're all losing to Colorado. But yeah, no, that's not that's oh. losing Colorado. <laughs> uh, but teams like you know Nashville and uh, Dallas and these teams that we thought Nashville's would be yeah so Speaking did of another coach who might be on the hot seat mm. yeah Peter Laviolette uh, but I'm, we'll see they could still there's still four points like out of where I said they would finish in terms of like spots in the standings now I know they have a game or two in hand on some of those teams but we'll see what was your over under on points I don't remember uh, nine, it was 90 something yeah, it was, okay. 90, it was low 90s, which I think they're going to surprise. Right on this piece of paper that we're going to throw away after the show, and I'll forget it. The part that I – so that part is true. The other thing I want to talk about, because somebody mentioned it in our question section, is uh, at least right now, and I know some of these guys are shooting at like 20%, but the pieces that they added, those secondary pieces, are really playing well for them. Jonas Donskoy is playing a lot better than I anticipated. Kadri's playing pretty well, about what I thought, but Donskoy and Burakovsky are playing way above – what I thought they would be doing. And I know they're shooting like 22 and 21% or whatever, but still, they're playing way better than I anticipated. And that, I think that's been one of the biggest differences. So for those that were saying those guys would make the difference and I didn't believe it, then you were right. There it is. I just, we should just end the show but right now. But I, st- I still want to wait till the end of the season. Nope, can't. Because it just on all of these things, on Buffalo, on Colorado, because I just think when we're talking about a season-long prediction that I don't need to say, well, oh, okay, there's no chance this is going to happen in December. The only thing I would say to push the other way is uh, Ronton and Landeskog have both missed, what, 17 games? 16 or 17 yeah. games? Yes. Because I'm with you. Like, Donskoy's not going to shoot 23% all year, and Burakovsky's probably not going to shoot 22%. But you figure Rontanen and, and Landeskog will pick up. They've got five goals from Landeskog this year because he's missed so many games. You figure those guys will pick up the slack. This week's poll question will be, was Jamie's mea couple sufficient? I think we'll put that out uh, yeah. with, a, with a number of potential responses, including a write-in. This week's poll question. We haven't done one of those in, like, mm. six months. Hey. This week's hypothetical poll question. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. I'll forget okay. it by the time uh, I walk out the uh, door. <laughs> Uh, what did you think of just some of the NHL stuff with Gary Bettman? Well, what did you think, Luke? Um, the four-point plan that the league laid out? I like the, the words. I like the plan. Yeah. They said all the right things. Yeah. Will they follow through? I think they'll try. Like I, I do think they're genuine in this. I, we may look back on this year as a very pivotal year in the NHL and obviously the sport in general because the NHL dictates a lot of that. I mean, there's... You get Mike Babcock fired, and then that just that sets off this string of events where I, I would assume the hockey world's going to be better for this within a year or two. But it's a very like fine line you have to walk. So I was looking at the photo. I think it was our story that ran a photo of the the boardroom table for the board of governors. And I was looking at this table of lots of middle-aged to older white men mm-hmm. with a handful of women at the table wondering this question will there be enough outside perspectives and will those perspectives be allowed 
inside the room, not just we're going to go outside to seek counsel and then we're going to convene again. Yeah. I worry about that. I worry that there's not enough perspective here and that there could just be lip service to this. We'll make some cosmetic changes, but it won't be institutional. That the problem that you have is I do think, like I said, I think the intentions are legit, but you don't have a lot of diversity in positions of power, like in, in established positions of power. So you're going to go out and just grab random people and be like, we need you in here. You're going to you're now the GM of right. this team. Hey, you're a black guy. Can you give us the black perspective? I yeah. mean, what? How are we doing this here? What's yeah. it going to look like? And look, one of the major issues when you, you have a group that lacks diversity like that is that you don't always catch yes there's there are certain blatant things that anybody that has you know any functional human being can understand is an issue you would but think. there's also a lot of subtleties that get missed by people who don't live like people like me who don't live in that world exactly. i don't i don't deal with that on a day-to-day basis i don't deal with you know whether it's certain little certain i think the phrase is used as microaggressions and other things of that nature that you just it doesn't it's not part of my daily life because it's never affected me that i might it might be happening in front of my face and i'm not understanding what that means or understanding that that is a problem and that is the biggest thing that gets missed here where mm-hmm. it's not just okay we're gonna go out get a consultant every once in a while because they're, if they're not there every day if they're not dealing with these issues and not seeing all the facets of what's going on they're only just going to point out to you the, the things that they see which are the major blatantly obvious ones that you really shouldn't need pointed out to you in the first place I, yeah but then you read the colorado eagle story with the Lou and it's like oh okay so apparently people do need the most basic things pointed out to them right. well, apparently. that story's not from that long ago <laughs> you've never <laughs> seen that snl skit on 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 blackface, uh-uh. it's, you should watch it. It's 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 it 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 really does capture how clueless people are. Well, it was back in the uh, so you're saying back in the eighties using blackface was okay? No, no, it was never okay, you moron. But this wasn't even back in the eighties. This was like seven know, years ago. The, <laughs> yeah, just, I'm talking about the skit itself. But. Yeah, no, I. Exactly. I, like, what? It, it was a different time. It was a different time. It was, it was still racist. There was never, it yeah. was still racist, and it will always be racist. I would assume that stuff, I hope, will get weeded out now because of this. Because that's the stuff that Jamie's talking about that any functioning human can look at for one second and say, okay, this is horribly wrong. So I would hope just the fact that the league is making an effort to make sure all the people involved in the league are not dabbling in idiocy that that stuff will go away but you're right the nuanced stuff it's that's going to take time to fix yeah i'm encouraged that they are actively trying to fix it but they've got it's going to to go it's going to take a while and and part of it is again you you for some reasons intentionally some reasons unintentionally it is a tough sport to break into it is a tough sport just the financial restrictions cause these diversity issues and it's not the only reason but it, too. sure but geographic and cost of entry yeah. those are the two biggest reasons why there is a diversity issue and there's also just a lot of people that are around the game of hockey that whether it's not just racism it's xenophobia too and yeah. that, that, we've come to almost accept a certain level of xenophobia of xenophobia as hockey fans because we hear it all of the time I, it, it's not that it's acceptable, but we just it becomes normal. You mean like Euros are soft? Yeah, Euro trash hockey. <laughs> yeah, but look, I mean, Don Cherry's fired this but Don, year too. But like Don Cherry wasn't the only one to do. It. Yeah, he was yeah. the loudest. But he's the one. one that you would that you would think would have gotten fired last, just because it's there was that always that like old an, school group that was like, oh, he's been here forever. Would have been going to fire him. Yeah, you just did. But yeah, but, <laughs> but these issues are are significant. Again, there were fans throwing bananas at. 
Wayne Simmons yeah. not that long ago. Yep. Like we're not talking fifty years ago. We're talking like three. Yep. Like so there's there is a lot of issues that the sport has in general. So how with inclusivity. do you, this is that and again, going back to what I said earlier, the NHL's challenge to me is how do you get that perspective inside the room when it's just not present in the game? And make it be genuine too. Yes. Don't go just go out and be like, Hey, you play like, hockey and Like Jamie said, we can look at the big ones and say, Oh, that that's obviously wrong, but who's going to keep reminding them? Who's going to keep pointing out that perspective? I don't see it happening. I don't know how it can happen because those people aren't working for teams around the league, and they're not working for the league itself. What you're saying right now is what I always thought the issue was that they had to tackle. Now we're seeing that they're so far behind where I actually thought they were. Yes. So I think at this point, you just, like I said, you have to weed out the idiocy of the stuff that Jamie's talking about that should have been gone. It should have never even been involved with the sport even 100 years ago. You have to get rid of that first because apparently that's still an issue. And look, it might take some time in the sense that we're starting to see more players across a number of issues former players or recently retired players being more active in some of the things happening around the NHL, whether it is head injuries, whether it is fighting in the game, whether it is concussions, whether it is this this racism. But also some guys don't want to be involved. You can't go to a guy and be like, hey, you fit what well, we need, no, so you, you have to be no, involved. No, because that's ridiculous. You don't just go to say, oh, well, you know, you're black, or oh, you're Hispanic, or you're this, or, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, so it's ridiculous. So please speak for your entire... But, yeah, that's I, but not fair. But, <laughs> it's not fair, and it's... But if you look over a period ignorant. of time... It's, yeah. yeah, it's and, equally and, racist. It's, yes. it's desperate. It's, yeah, it's racist But over the next five to ten years, if you open your ear and asked, okay, does anybody want to be involved in these issues? I bet you there are more players currently playing now that would actually take a bigger role, whether it's right now or when they retire. Yeah. But you have to be willing, you have to open that up those opportunities. You can't just go like, okay, let's go to the first black player we see and say, okay, well, you, this is your problem now to tell us about it. No, that's ridiculous. It, I yeah. agree it's going to take time, and that's just the reality of the situation. But again, the stuff Jamie's talking about, like the stuff with the Colorado Eagles, that should be over in one second. Well, yes, and it should have been. But again, there there are there are racist and xenophobic and all these things that happen that don't involve the use of the N word, and those things need to be out of the game too. And it's not as easy. But you know what? I don't care if it's not easy. You can do it. It's possible. Yeah. You just got to try. You got to care. Sounds cliched that to say at least they're having the the right conversations now. But they weren't having the right conversations even two years ago. It doesn't feel like it's always they get forced into it, right? Yeah. It, it's just it's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, it, it's I brought this up on the show last week, Craig. You weren't here. Um, you were vacationing in Philadelphia, I think. Right? Isn't that where you were? Yeah, vacationing. Okay. Um, <laughs> if Mike Babcock doesn't get fired, when does this conversation start? Yeah. And Mike Babcock didn't have anything to do with this stuff, but just him getting fired sets off the Bill Peters stuff and it just sets the butterfly effect. Yeah. If Mitch mm-hmm. Marner doesn't get hurt. Both. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, if if Toronto doesn't lose six games in a row, they don't fire Babcock till after the year, and and then who knows. I'm fascinated on a procedural level what this is going to mean, what sort of stress this is going to put on the leagues, uh, on the league and teams as they have to investigate over and over. It takes time. It takes resources. Yeah. That's a reality. Yeah. So do you beef up a certain department? Do you beef up your HR department? Do you bring in specialists to work there? How, how do you handle this? I'm really curious to see how this is implemented. And I, I, I know a lot of teams are doing more, doing more educational things at the moment because that's the easiest first step to take. And it's, by the way, it's, it's necessary because I, I, there are some people who are un, do things that are unintentionally racist. Then there are some people that are just blatant racists and they hide behind those, those other people. But... Anything, I don't know if the education gets to those people then. But you're not. But, if you, but again, the point is, is you're trying to 
to not necessarily legislate this out, but you're trying to end these scenarios from happening. So any little incremental improvements that you can make are worth your time and money. Like you're a major sports organization, you, uh, you yeah. can afford to do this stuff. And you know what? If it if it prevents one incident per team, if it makes one player on each team in the next five years feel more comfortable being on that team, then it's worth the money. Well, you also have to remember, again, that the NHL sets the the standard for the entire world of hockey. So anything you do at the NHL level, the AHL, the ECHL, Junior, all those leagues are going to be looking at you on some level. Probably not the KHL, but... No, but everybody, (laughs) yeah, everybody in North America. So even the equipment managers and the tiniest minor league teams are going to, you would think, take notice. Um, All right, let's get back to stuff on the ice you think Washington's the best team, huh? I do right now. I mean, record-wise, they are. But you, would they be your pick to win the cup right now? Right now, yes, they would. I think I would. I think I, think I would go Boston. with Boston. Yeah, yeah. it's close. Um, Washington's on a tear, though. They they are not subscribing to the Tampa Bay Lightning plan of let's let's coast through the season and turn it on in the playoffs. Washington, fifty-one points in thirty-three games. Are, they're not on pace to challenge Tampa Bay's numbers from last year, are they? Mm, I making me use the calculator. So. Make me do math again on the show. They're, they're on they, pace for 127 points. They beat Boston points. last night, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. beat Boston yeah. last They're on pace for 127. What did Tampa have 128 last year? Yeah, I mean, they're 14-2-1 on the road. That's yeah. remarkable. That's that's one of the stats that I really look at as a team's road success. It just tells me you are you are a contender. When you can do that, when you can have that level of focus and success on the road. Yeah, you got to follow it up at home, though. Because yeah. the Coyotes are the second best well, team yeah. in the league on the road, they're not Washington following it home. They're a pretty good home yeah, team no, too. Washington's fourteen two and one on the road is absurd. And a few of those guys have some rings on their fingers, so they uh, I, I, they have a little bit more benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, Craig, why don't you read us who your what did you say the five teams would you Pick five teams that but, you would throw into contention? These are these are the five that I have right now. Okay. I don't even have five. You don't have five. No. The, I, I mean, this I'm, is contention I'm, to win I'm the sorry, cup. You have to name five. I have to name five. Yes. I don't think I was, there are, I don't think there are five cup contenders at the moment. Well, yeah. It, okay. And I'll, I'll qualify a couple of these. I can come up with five. But pretty Boston easy. and Colorado. 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 I'm sorry, I said that already. Um. Yeah, Colorado is <laughs> definitely a contender for me. Boston is. St. Louis is still a contender for me. Man, I'm going to throw in a couple teams. I still think Tampa Bay is going to figure this out, and their lack of games played is part of it. I think they're going to have a strong second half. I really like the Islanders. In spite of their flaws, I really like the Islanders. I love the way they defend. I love their forecheck. The Islanders are interesting because they're such a styles clash with those top teams mm-hmm. that you wonder, like, you're not going to beat Washington at their game, but if you can completely slow them down and get elite goaltending, can you frustrate them enough and put enough pucks in the back of the net in a short series to win. You have like, to frustrate teams like that in the first round. Right. I just I, we've seen it with Tampa. We saw it with Pittsburgh when they were underachieving all those years. We've seen it with Washington in the past. You have to get. I guess Washington. You can get to them in the second round if you're Pittsburgh. But if you're going to try and beat them and force them to play your game and and beat them by frustrating them, you got to do it in the first round. And I, I mean, I don't think Washington is unbeatable, but they're definitely setting the standard. If you're asking for five other teams that contend. I would say Boston. I would still say Tampa and Toronto. I would definitely say Vegas. Um, if I have to come up with a fifth, I guess Colorado. That's not a knock on St. Louis, but I, I don't think St. Louis is going back-to-back. I just don't. Who's the third best team in the NHL right now? Behind Washington and Boston, you mean? Yeah. Colorado, I think. So Colorado's at the Islanders. When, they're, the St. Louis. when they're healthy, I'll take Colorado. Yeah. 
If you're asking me to project though for the rest of the year, I still think Tampa and Toronto are going to figure it out. I, I'm just I'm not sure. Like, but they're going to play Tam- each other in the Tampa first round. Was, if they do. Yeah, that, that's the problem because we 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 spent a whole offseason making fun of Tampa, rightfully so, for being the best regular season team in the history of the NHL and then getting swept out of the first round. Why do we think all of a sudden if they struggle to get in the playoffs, they're somehow a better team than they were last year, and they're all of a sudden just going to turn it on and win multiple playoff yeah. series? I don't. I, I think we're just like I, I expect Tampa to make the playoffs. I think if they don't finish second in that division or third, I guess, but probably second in that division, which is still most likely, I think. But I don't know if they're a cop contender. They're I, not playing they're so well. Talented. They're so talented. I gotta believe that that's going to. They're win the, out at some point. Yeah, they're the team to me that if they if they get in the playoffs and they win in the first round and it's like definitive, then look out because you may not. It might be like trying to catch a train by jumping in front of it. But the problem with Tampa and Toronto playing each other in the first round <laughs> is I don't know. I just heard that saying earlier this to week. Catch a train like, by jumping in front of yeah, it. Yeah, with like a net. You've already caught it then. Uh, I guess yeah. that's true. It, or, or it caught you. Oh, it's a Russian train. train. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, don't get caught up. I'm in the, I think if Thomas was the Thomas tank here. engine, just coming I'm imagining down. Imagine what you could do to catch a train with a lasso or something. Yeah, right? no, yeah no. there you go. These are all very realistic scenarios. If if Tampa and Toronto play in the first round, and then the winner has to play Boston, which with us and right then now. the winner has is to play Washington, is that still not likely the most yeah, likely path? That's what I'm saying. So if you are Tampa or Toronto, you're probably going to have to go through each other, Boston, and Washington. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Have yeah, fun. That, that path is brutal. Because Washington's path, I just don't see any of those teams in the Metro beating them. No. Where I mean, gets, the, the Islanders in round two could still be interesting. but Yeah. Where it gets interesting is Trotch like... revenge series. If Toronto or Tampa becomes a wild card, and then you have Tampa versus Washington in the first round, and Toronto playing yeah. Montreal, then okay, then things get real interesting. Um, yeah, we, we, we could have Pittsburgh-Washington in the first round, so... <sighs> well, I'd rather have it in the first round, I guess, if I'm a Penguins fan. Um, well, you, you don't play past that anymore, anyway. No. So, that's rude. Um, is it wrong? No. This is no. why I hate that Jamie doesn't really have a team that we can trash on, so I'm just going to... I'll say something... I would say you something have to talk about, about Colorado, Yankees. apparently, because I just become like the... Anything good Colorado, I get tweets. Well, you just, Which, again, fair. You thought they were the worst team in the league. I, I, I did remember. not think they were the worst <laughs> team in the league. But. Uh, all right. Let's get into the Coyote stuff. Okay. What is the deal with the home ice? I don't know. What's the deal? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're getting to the point now where it's like... Like for me, the first couple of weeks it's just a coincidence. Whatever. Like you, maybe your your players are hurt on the nights when you play at home or whatever. But now we are in early December, and you're so good on the road, and you're right at 500 at home. And you know who has fewer wins on home ice in the Western Conference than the Coyotes? Probably LA. No one. Oh, that's a problem. Oh, that's that's not. <laughs> They're tied with a couple teams, but. Um, I've actually been okay at home. Their their worst games, good at home, yeah. Yeah. their worst games this year have been the Calgary game that we just saw, Toronto, and Montreal. In my opinion, those have been their three worst games. And for you know a variety of reasons, Montreal coming off that long road trip, Toronto this one too, the Calgary one yeah. was off a long road trip too. Although Calgary played the previous night in Colorado, it's true. But those three games were all at home. They really haven't had a, a bad game on the road. They really haven't. Most of the games on the road, they either win or they lose by a goal. Or occasionally there's a late empty netter. Like the Islanders game, they ended up losing 4-2. The Islanders scored like 12 seconds left into an empty net. Like if you go through, almost all of their road losses are by a goal. I'm looking at them right now. In fact, they might all be by a goal. And they get points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. There's only two teams in the West that have lost more games than they've won at home. Do you want to guess them? The two I would teams we talk LA. a lot about. No, no, LA's 10-6 and one at home. 
All right, but I mean, are we including so, overtime losses? Yeah, so more losses than wins. Chicago and Arizona. That's it. More losses than well, than Vegas too. Vegas is eight, Vegas six, and three. Oh yeah, so yeah. three. That's so, yeah, surprising. So, so Vegas, Chicago, yeah. and Arizona. I don't know. It's some still, some does feel right with Vegas. Maybe uh, they'll turn it on. Vegas Maybe they have the Vegas. Flu. Maybe they are coming back to. <laughs> we're an expansion team. Yeah, but they're also only three points out of first place. I know. I think they'll be fine. Just, they've just been meh this year. Yeah, but that, they, if I mean, their the NHL standings are, they fool people. Yeah, they've lost. They've lost seventeen games. They've won sixteen. Um, the defense for the Coyotes, to me, most of their problems, they don't really have a lot of problems right now. Most of their problems can be traced to the fact they don't have Nicholas Jalmerson. And now you don't have Jason Demers. I don't know if the lack of Jalmerson and Demers is affecting Oliver or what the deal is, but you said it earlier. I trust Chikrin on the blue line and then Goligoski and then Oliver. But as we were talking about off the show, right now he's playing like a, a good second pairing defenseman not your top guy he's not making those glaring defensive mistakes that he was making earlier but he's still not producing anything offensively even though he's getting blamed for some of those glaring mistakes that he's not making labushkin deciding that he didn't want to play right defense anymore so he's going to cross all the way over (laughs) to oliver's side while sean monahan skated down the left wing all alone yeah just because you see a guy like chasing down sean monahan and and oliver's the first guy in the frame doesn't mean it was his fault nope i know it's tough because the guy that was supposed to be there wasn't even in the frame if you're watching on TV, and I don't know why Ilya Labushkin None wasn't in the frame. It's hard to ask, too. Yeah. Well, you can because you got him that goal in the preseason. Well, remember? I guess I could. Like, it's hard to speak yeah, with him. I guess that's true. Yeah. Also, not the guy you would probably want to no. like anger. He's no, well, quite he's large. The nicest guy in the he world. He really is. He really actually. Is. Um, but maybe maybe not Just top a mistake. pairing. Right I, now. And, yeah. and he's he's struggled a little bit. Jordan Osterley has really struggled this season, in my opinion. That's that's a problem because they counted on him being their solid number six. With regardless of the injuries, both those guys are going to be back within two to three weeks, probably. Jalmerson too. Yeah, I think so. Do you need another defenseman even when Nick comes back? Do you give it a little time? And you ha- you'll have a little time. You'll have January time. to assess, okay, mm-hmm. how does everything look now that everybody falls back into the roles we envisioned? Or do you really feel like you might need another guy on this blue line? I think if you, you give it a little time, if you if you legitimately have Oliver and Demers and Jalmerson and Goligoski and Chikrin as, as your top five, however you're going to rotate it, all of a sudden Osterley becomes your sixth, and you can pull him out if he's not playing well, whereas now you don't have that luxury. Who do you feel comfortable plugging into that sixth spot, is, I, I guess is my question. And then you you know what the playoffs do to teams. It's a, it's a war of attrition. You're yeah. probably going to lose one of those guys at some point. Assume you have so four. Who, who are you comfortable plugging in? Do you need another body? I don't know. Yeah, but I think why you wait is is you, A, so you don't rush out there and, and overpay out of desperation, but also B, to sort of see, like, do we just need a strong third-pairing guy or do we actually have to address our second pairing or something? Yeah. I, like, like you said, it's a war of attrition. I would assume... I would just operate like you're only going to have four of those five. Yeah. Whether you know who those four are or not, you, yeah. you can't predict that. But I would just assume having all five of those guys playing at their best is a luxury that, again, most teams don't have. But you're probably not going to have all five. Right now, only having three, though, it shows. What do you do with the Paris when both those guys come back? I'm not opposed. Jacob Chickman can't be moved back to a third pair. No, no, no. He's no. their best defenseman He's, right yeah. now. I don't break up those two. Chikrin and Goligoski stay together. So who's playing with O? Do you put Chalmerson with I would, them? yeah. I think I would, too. I would yeah. try it. And, and then, then you I play guess, Demers with Osterley? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And you can rotate Labushkin in if you want a more physical presence. But that would be two right-handers, so yeah, and tough. I get that yeah. that's an issue, but it can't dictate everything. You know what I mean? I get, like, in a perfect world, you'd like to have a righty and a lefty, but Oliver hasn't looked right all year. 
Nope. So you need to, unless you want to teach him to shoot from the other side, you need to put Jalmers in there or try something different. So who are they trading Ronta for? On the blue line? <laughs> well, I don't know if New Jersey has any defensemen they want. So. Ronta Ronta's cursed. Well, they could stop playing him against Calgary. That would help. Yeah. Um, oh, but what about the uh, the Pittsburgh game? Yeah. I mean, he's brilliant in that game. Mm-hmm. They get a, a bounce off the end boards that hits his skate and... Evgeny Malkin's right there to poke it between his pads. It was they, just so unlucky. He was so good in that game. He really was. He, but he made like 40-plus saves, yeah, didn't he? He was insane in that game. Yeah. It was so good. It's funny, too. Every player I've talked to off that road trip says, thinks that that was their best game. Yeah. That's the one game they lost. They were good. They were really good in that game. They just couldn't finish. They weren't really that good against Philadelphia, and they started terribly no. against Chicago. Yeah. But they but won they those games. really rallied against Chicago because the second and third periods were played in the Blackhawks' end of the ice. You would be proud. <laughs> During the first, Duncan Keith was out, of course, but yeah, wow, the Blackhawks just proved yeah. what I believed all along. They can't defend. They can't defend. And, and if you make that so team hard. defend, they are awful. They don't. They, it's like they they're can't. just like ah, we're they not going to. They physically cannot. It's, but they know that, and so they're just like we're not going to. Slater Cuckoo put the puck in the back of the net for the team. He tipped it in, and Brent Seabrook looked upset because he's like, "That's my move." Yeah. Like that was how I read that. But it's bad. You would be proud. Uh, Craig, during the first intermission, I was talking to uh, the esteemed Bob Heathouse, and we're like, you know what? Down 3-1 against Chicago? Three goals is not going to win this for Chicago. I tweeted that at the time. The thing about Chicago is they will give you chances. Oh, and they did. And we'll see <laughs> oh, it again and tonight. And they're glorious. What would you think of the uh, the Chicago mission line that Taki put like together it. that actually worked? Let's talk about how well Christian Fisher is playing and how yeah. cool that is for all of us because he's such a good quote anyway, and now we get to talk to him more because yeah. he's doing stuff. Yeah, it's not just like, hey, Christian, how you doing on the team? Yeah. Now he's like producing. He was jacked after that Chicago game. Yeah. He was completely jacked after that game. It was almost like he was playing in Columbus. He was having fun. He was having <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, Kessel and Keller have both been better over the last yes. yep. week and a half, I would say. Good signs. Clayton Keller's been very good. Yeah. He and was Pittsburgh really good on the road trip. Best. Yeah. 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 And he would have looked even better if Laner didn't have that just unbelievable save. Yeah. Or Jari. Yeah, that's right. Jari made a ridiculous save on him, that's too. Right. He had yeah. both of those should have been goals. Yeah. yeah. That's, it wasn't even fair. He, he didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right on well, both of those. Well, and that's the thing we should mention. We're, you know, we've talked about Phil Kessel now on back-to-back shows, and that's why he's doing better. So who, Kessel? Yeah. yeah. So who, who are we going to talk up now? Like, which, how, what, what player around the league do we need to – needs a little boost from Well, us? I mean, what, what are we bump? doing for Oliver? Mm. Well, we have talked about him, so yeah, maybe yes, he'll get We've talked about here. him. The natty so we're bump. expecting a big bump for Oliver. So uh, starting tonight, what does that bump look like? Are we talking about offensive production yes. or okay? You yeah. need to see some offensive production from okay. Oliver. Yeah. He's got to produce. Yeah. Well, they got the Blackhawks tonight, right? So there are opportunities. <laughs> there will be a chance. A plenty. Duncan Keith is not on the trip. Who else missed the trip? Somebody else missed the trip. Who's in net tonight? Is it Shaw. That Jonathan Taves, ideally, since he looked like a Hall of Famer in the first period of the yeah, first he, he, it's funny you hear. Oh, Jonathan Taves is done. My goodness, he was good in that did, game. Did he not was look really good. Was. What a early. save, Kemper! If Kemper doesn't make that save on yeah, him, it might was, be a different game. Yeah. That was one of those plays where Taves shot it, and it was like a basketball play where, since he shot it, he knew where the puck was going right. on the rebound. Oh, your shot, and nobody else like reacted. Yeah, and uh, except Kemper, Kemper somehow reacted. Yeah. Um, Taylor Hall, anything else we want to say about that? Just because he's in the notes, so. If you had to make a deal for Taylor Hall, assuming you could resign him, let's assume that he's going to resign in Arizona. What what do you think it would take to, to get him? On, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> would uh, well, they even want Auntie Roger? Would they want a prospect? I would imagine they don't want a. Th- they would probably want one, Hill or Prosvetov, yeah. right? Yeah, probably yeah. want Prosvetov, right? <sighs> he's not on the untouchable list. There are only no, three guys on the untouchable list. It's not, not so much that I don't want Hall, because you you would, but 
you now because you're getting Hall and you're also getting a seven by seventy. That, that's the only concern I have. On top is, of that. is the seven by seventy. So minimum. so because you already have a lot tied up in one winger in Keller. And if you end up, if, let's say you I, pay Hall ten a year for seven years, you've got seventeen million dollars tied up in two wingers for seven years. I love Taylor Hall, but he's not Patrick Kane, and he's never going to be Patrick Kane. And I have serious concerns paying a winger that I cannot rely on for ninety plus points every single season that much money. I just I have. A I problem think you can rely on him for eighty every single season. I don't, that he plays. He that he plays. I don't yeah, know. If, I don't know thing. if he can do that in Arizona. I know he yeah. did it one year in Jersey, but that's it. 93 I, in New Jersey with nobody. It was amazing that year. But and again, I'm not saying he's not an amazing talent, but playing with Derek Stepan or Nick Schmaltz or Christian Dvorak or Baird Hayton, you think he's going to get he's 90 fast. points? You mean fast. you want speed? You do want speed. Uh, uh, he would obviously be a, a tremendous to me, addition to the team. But to me, the acquisition cost is not as concerning because I think I think what's going to happen here. Now, and again, they, New Jersey probably retained some salary for this year to, yeah. to make this happen. I'm guessing that's what would happen. I think you got to give up a first round pick. You have to give up a good prospect, maybe a guy like Prozvatov. You're probably giving up a conditional pick too. That it's dependent on you resigning him, and then maybe something else too. Maybe another piece, another prospect, or even a player off the roster or Tucson. Yeah, I, I'm fine with any deal where you're getting what you just said—a first-round pick, a conditional pick, and a prospect. Uh, as long as that prospect isn't Soderstrom, I'd he, like to know that he's untouchable. Okay, yeah. So yeah. if if it was Prosvetov, a first-round pick, and a conditional second that becomes a first, I'd st- I'm fine with that. I'm 100 percent fine with that. But if I'm giving that up, I want to be able to keep him. And again, that's where the actual money comes into play because just because you're going to be up against the cap here for a long time. Yeah, and that's the part that scares me. Uh, you, the, yeah. What What do the last four years look like of Taylor Hall? In it's, Arizona, it's, and that, that, that that's my even worry. Me, it's just you don't have any any room. I just that that's my concern more. And well, I mean, you can you can get creative, but the, my concern isn't so much that like, look, like Prosvetov obviously is a coveted piece, but trying to figure out goaltenders at that age is such it's such yeah. a lottery ticket. It really it is. is. I and mean, you do you? I'm have old enough Aiden to remember Hill. when Mark Visenton was going to be the goaltender of the future in Arizona. Oof. So I mean, like, they're, they're, I'm, again, that's not to say that you just avoid talking about goalies in general, but he's still young enough where I don't think he. You can't say any goaltender at that age just can't miss. No, and here's the thing, too. I trust this regime to go out and find another goalie if they need one in three years, honestly. I mean, if you didn't draft and develop Ronto. You didn't draft and develop Kemper. Uh, you you would still have—I'm just saying if you had to trade prospects yes. off for Taylor Hall, you would do well, it. Yeah, for a play like that, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. In this, in this context. If, you, if you're if you confident you can develop a guy, then you have Aiden Hill. If you develop him and he becomes a backup, and again, we're talking three or four years down the line— then just go out and find well, another guy. At this point, you're talking maybe, let's say, Kevin Ball, Prosvetov, a pick in the 20s in the first round. That's a no-brainer. And made the second-round pick. For Taylor Hall, that's a no-brainer. So I, I'm not worried about the compensation. for. And by the way, I think that's a deal New Jersey would do. I think that, that at least within the realm of possibility, I think that's in a vacuum, around. Until St. Louis or Colorado comes along with a much better deal. Sure. I mean, if Peter Shirley can come back in the league and offer offer you his house, his, his will, and then like an entire franchise in Seattle for him. But... It, it, but in that case, that's at least a reasonable framework to at least work from. Yeah, I'm sure they'll ask for more, as they should. But that's a reasonable framework to work from. The question is: is is that worth it in the then context of are you comfortable paying Taylor Hall ten plus million dollars a season? And it's not, and not even just worried about the end of the deal because the end of the deal is going to be terrible regardless. Like we know this is going to happen. But is he worth ten million dollars well, right now? And when we sit here and justify the Keller deal, saying, "Oh, seven million won't be anything in five years." Well, okay, then ten million won't be that yeah, much in five Ke- years. Keller's going to be twenty-seven. I'm becoming into his prime. <laughs> Taylor Hall's not going to be twenty-seven yeah, at the end Taylor of the deal. Taylor Hall is 
three times the player, Keller. T- Taylor Hall goes, instantly comes in and is one of the best players you've ever had. I, I, I agree. I said I, I'm not even worried about the end of the deal because the end of any of these deals suck. I am saying, is he worth today $10 million? Yes. Okay, I'm yes. not so sure. But today, like, okay. This season, you're going to pay Taylor Hall ten million, let's say for next year. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Don't even take the. Don't worry about like, well, how do they get under the cap? Just right now, if you had exactly ten million dollars of cap space, would he be worth ten million dollars this year? Yes. I'm not sure. That's what he's going to go for. That's his market value. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure he's a ten million dollar player. That's my only concern. Is that does that prevent? How, how does that handicap you down the road if he is not a guaranteed ninety plus point guy? I am if really, you think he is, then he's worth. Every I don't penny. think he's a guaranteed ninety plus point With guy Arizona. in seven years. No, but no, I do no. think I, I, mean, I think it, next year you're look looking at, at eighty points, three to four year window. Let, let, let's look in that three to four year window. I think do he averages think a point it? per game. My concern with him is he has a, a tendency to get hurt, and they're freak injuries. I mean, a guy skated over his face with a blade. Yeah, I mean once. that's that you can't. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't think he's injury prone. He's just he can be a little reckless in the way he plays. He was reckless in juniors. I mean that was the concern coming out, yeah. but. He sort of skates like Chikrin, and that it's there are times where it's just like oh, I'll just use the wall to stop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Chikrin skates around sometimes, like he is a puppy on the ice. It's yeah. just like so anxious to play hockey. That's what you, Taylor Hall was for a while. You don't want to take the aggressiveness away, but it scares you. Yeah. Look, if, look, if, if we were talking eight million dollars a year, I'd say by all means, I'm I'm 100 percent in that at, at that trade value. I think that makes a, a complete sense for the Coyotes. I'm just a little concerned that there, there would be an overpay there because mm-hmm. you're not. He's not going to be put in a situation where he can score 100 points with no. the way this team plays and the players on this team. I agree. So that is my concern, is that you're paying a player to get you 90, 95-plus points, and I think your ceiling is 80. Yeah, I think and, so, too. And I, are you I think paying he's that much money? In the 70s yeah. is where he ends up here. But you can't ever get guys like that. That's the flip you side. You can't, but... Yeah. You can if you start if you're starting to pay $10 million a year, you might be able to. Well, then, if, if that's what you're going to do, why not just wait for the offseason and try and sign him? Because you, uh, well, I mean, the ability—if you can guarantee that he would sign with you before ever getting to the market—you don't have to worry about getting outbid. But okay. right, that thats my concern, though. If, you, if, but, if you're opening up that that to, to the point where, like, okay, we're willing to go to double-digit millions per year, there's going to be a player at some point out there that is like that. We see them not very often, but the Coyotes have never even been close to contenders for those guys. Once you got above seven million, they were out. Yeah, but there's not there's not typically guys like Taylor Hall that hit free agency. Like he's not right. John Tavares, he's not a center. No. But how many wingers have you seen like Taylor Hall even hit free agency in the last ten years? No, I, I can't can think of tra- any. But you can also start making trades at that point. Like where guys that are on RFA deals where teams are getting in trouble, you can be a part of those deals. The only winger as good as Taylor Hall that I can remember being traded in the last five years is Taylor Hall. And it would have been nice to be in on that deal. Yeah, because that would be the equivalent of trading like Jordan Osterley for Taylor Hall right now, straight up, and not having to pay him. Hmm. So we've decided uh, nothing. Well, it's it's also important to note that Darren Ferris's track record is to let his clients get to July first before. So, can you get those assurances? Uh, I don't know. And if you can't, then you can't make the deal. I don't think you make the deal as a rental. I wouldn't. No, you absolutely not for the Coyotes. You absolutely you are not. Well, they're not one piece away. They're not one piece away from a cup this year. If the deal was like a second round pick in Prosvitov, would you do that? A second round pick in Prosvitov for a rental hall, knowing you're not going to be able to keep him for this year. Because I know Chaika doesn't like to make (sighs) rental deals, but maybe. But I I feel like Jersey would get more than that. That's my concern. I don't think Jersey's going to trade him for a rental because they're going to they would get way more value if he goes somewhere else. Yeah, but you're going to get have, desperate. New Jersey's going to have to get him to sign off on signing a true. deal. True, and if he doesn't, then at that point, then it opens up a lot of teams at that point. If Hall's like, no, I'm going to free agency, I don't care. Yeah. Then I think there are a dozen teams that all of a sudden will go, okay, 
we can we can now we're comfortable giving up something here because I but, typically agree with Chica's stance if I'm not going to trade pieces for a rental. But I think if Taylor Hall is available only as a rental, that is somebody good enough that you have to look at it and say, okay, where we are right now. Depending what the deal is, we at least need to look. And what, what, what does he what does he achieve for you if you just get him as a rental? If you bring him in, yeah. I mean, with the goaltending they have, if they make the playoffs, I think if you have a scorer like Taylor Hall and that goaltending in the West this year, that's the point. I, I think you, you could you, win multiple playoffs. You can series. get out of the Pacific, and then who, maybe you run into St. Louis, maybe you run into Colorado. Yeah. Then you get the Colorado thing is the clash of styles again. I, I don't. That we just talked about with I mean slightly different, but we just talked about with Washington and the Islanders, but. I mean, I think the West is so open, but again, it would depend on the value and depend on how you're playing in March. Like, if you're rolling strong and you look like you have a chance, you might win this division and everything's clicking, you're like, okay, maybe we make a move because we have a chance to win multiple playoff series. If you're just kind of sitting between wild card and third in the Pacific and you're like, we'll probably make the playoffs, but we're clearly the fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth best team in the conference. Maybe you don't. If the playoff, yeah, I hear what you're saying. But if the playoffs started tomorrow and you're telling me the Coyotes are first or second in the Pacific, both goalies are healthy. Let's say Jalmerson is back uh, and Demare, whatever, four of, the, four of your five top defensemen are back. I mean, it's always a risk. You could bring in Taylor Hall and he could be like Mark Stone was last year for Vegas and he just instantly takes off. Or he could be like, how many guys have we seen that are high profile players that get traded for and they come in and they just never really get going that R- season? Ryan Dezingle. Yeah. He could be that. I mean, but I Hall's so much but, better. Sure. Yeah. But. Um, when you're dealing with small sample sizes, things like that can happen. When you're dealing with a 20 game stretch to end the regular season and maybe a, you know, seven or 14 games in the postseason, you know, guys go into 30 game stretches where they get 15 points. But if you're telling me level, you know, yeah, you trade yeah. Prosvetov in a second round pick for a chance to go to the Stanley Cup, I would do that. Yeah. I wouldn't think twice. I would do that if New Jersey's that in love with Prosvetov. I don't know if they yeah, are. I don't know if they are either. It's hard to. That's one of the many variables here. How do you know how they feel about your system? Yeah. It's everybody has different evaluations. The way New Jersey seems to evaluate goalies, I would re-sign Deming and then offer to trade him to New Jersey because <laughs> they don't seem to know how to uh, how to operate that position. All right, want to get into some of these listener questions? Show. Um, Coyote and Philly, Howler excluded. Who has the best mascot in the NHL? Are you guys still in love with Gritty? Um, I, mean, I, I would say in love is a strong term. Yeah, I'm in like with Gritty. Um, <laughs> doesn't even like. I don't him. like mascots. I just yeah. they don't do anything for me. I'm kind of there too. I don't care yeah. about mascots. I, What's the so I know ones I don't like, like the one in Vegas. I hate. I don't know what that dinosaur, like you know, earthquake looking dinosaur thing is, but I don't like it. Who's the dude in Montreal? That one terrified. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the mascot in Montreal? Oh. <laughs> um, is that Yuppie? Yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah, one's no. mildly no. terrifying. No, I'm. Con- I just that one scares me. That yeah, one feels like it's a Yuppie feels like he's on a list somewhere. I, I just, I'm concerned. Mm. Yeah, um, I, don't I don't know what you. You know, my favorite mascot is the Rangers because they don't have one. <laughs> That's my favorite. Okay, uh, Adam, between OEL Keller Kessel and Stepan, who do you think will finish with fewer goals than Jacob Chikrin, who's having a great year, admittedly? Between say them again, OEL Keller Kessel and Stepan, who will have fewer goals than Chikrin? Chikrin's on pace for seventeen right now. OEL definitely. Yeah, Stepan yeah, I, maybe. Yeah, Witter Keller. Do, do we count, if we count goals and posts, Stepan might be able to go above. But um, yeah, oh yeah, I, I can't see OEL touching, flirting with twenty or whatever again this year. I still think Kessel's going to finish up around twenty. He's got to. I mean, he's already not already, he should, but I mean, he, he's, he he's been scoring late. He's got seven goals. He should. Yeah. Um, Keller only has five. One was an empty netter. Oh, he should have more. What do you think Keller finishes the year with goals wise? Like fourteen, fifteen. 
Where's it now? Five? Mm-hmm. Five, but again, one was an empty netter. So just for the purposes of like... Well, one empty netter and like three saves of the year. Yeah. Really, so they're yeah. kind of even out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. he really needs to score more. <laughs> he really needs to score more. And look, Eddie, the earlier part of the season was the problem. Lately, yeah. it hasn't been the problem. He's just He's, been... The thing with right. Keller, Keller and Kessel are going to be given every single power play opportunity. Should or will? Like I think will. he should score. I, sh- I still think he should get to 20. Is Connor Garland going to lead this team in scoring? Is it really going to happen over an 82-game season? Uh, Kessel could still catch him. No, I, I still think Kessel will, will get there in the end. I'd like to see Schmaltz score a little bit more. He's kind yep. of trailed off a little bit. He lately. has definitely trailed yeah. off a little bit. Um, Carl Soderberg might. I mean, Soderberg would have led the That's team last one. year. That's another one. Uh, I have to. That one I'll eat a ton of crow on. I didn't think much of this. Uh, not that the trade was fine. They didn't trade anybody, but with Such all due respect side. to Kevin Connaughton. But I, I didn't expect much from Carl Soderberg. He has been. Yeah, aside from an, last game. Yeah, where well, everybody was. But, other than Jacob Chicken yeah. was. Off. But aside from us, he's been a really valuable piece, a really under the radar piece for mm-hmm. them. He's been so good. So Jamie's just wrong about things associated with the Avalanche, yeah. basically. I was, okay. yeah, yeah, pretty much. I just stopped talking about things that have anything to do with the Avalanche. It's not, I'm from Cole Harbor, Nate McKinnon. Then I can talk about it. <laughs> I don't think Craig was here when you originally did that. And Craig just moved away from the microphone with a very disgusted look on his face. <laughs> well, that's usually what happens when I talk. That's true. Here, I've got one that'll, that'll brighten Jamie's day, also oh. from Adam. Oh, for Jamie. I could see the Coyotes as a Clefairy, but also maybe a Lickitungue. Also, normal looks harmless enough, then paralyzes you. That's an interesting one. I think that's more the Islanders, though, because they, they play a more trapping style of game. A little bit more slow. A story where you compare every... If I was, honestly, if I was still at VanRag and that was a thing, I probably would have at some point, but I don't have the time Just anymore to do it all that. out. Uh, BBB Podcast. I think the Wings will turn it around in two to three years, depending on how the young guys develop in goaltending situation. Yeah. Well, I don't know where the goaltending's going to come from. I mean, I mean, look, Anthony Manta being out has really hurt them, but they are a terrible team even with him. I'll give them pros for Dylan Larkin. You think they would? Uh, I'm assuming at some point here, Dylan Larkin's going to win out of Detroit if they're going to be winning 15 games a year. It's bad. Um, okay, this is a good one. Will writes in: What other scorers are on the market for the Coyotes if Hall if the Hall price is too high, or do they get a defenseman? Um, uh, I'm going to look. I think I have it pulled up. Like, yeah, because I pending, don't know I'm just going with pending. You don't get into that until after. The turn of the new year. Yeah. But it's a good question in the sense that I'm sure Chica, obviously, Chica has already identified those guys. He said it in a, a recent story that I wrote that, yes, if they keep playing like this, if we're in this kind of position, they're going to force us to make additions. And yeah. I think a scorer is at the top of the list, probably with another defenseman. I still think they're going to add another defenseman. You're talking about like a number five defenseman? Yeah, in that range. We don't intentionally Some, go get a bad defenseman. No, you don't get We really need to trade for a number seven defenseman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guy with an upside of number yeah. five, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, but you're not going to pay a ton for a defenseman. No, I mean, as far no, as, but no. you want, I, think, I think they'd like a little more of a physical wall presence, but not sacrificing puck-moving abilities. It can't be... Sorry, it can't be Luke Shen. Okay. That's, that's a fine like, reference point, yes. I guess. As far as scores go, like pending UFAs, there's just not. I mean, there are a couple guys in Florida, but I don't imagine they're going to move to Donoff or Hoffman, given that they're trying to make a run here. Yeah, uh, JG Pajot in Ottawa. Is that a, he's been more of a goal scorer. He's got 16 this year, all of a sudden, very quietly. Yeah, 16 goals. That's this year. one of those guys to me that you could trade for, and he does nothing Th- for three, you. Three point one million cap hit, like that's easily you can make that work yeah. very easily for one year. So. But there's risk involved with those guys. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Like, with, with a guy like Hall, who's obviously at the top of the list, there's no risk. I think he'll come in and produce. The risk is how much you have to pay him. If you go out and get a guy that's suddenly having a really good year, then you run the risk of a Ryan Dezingle move, who's been fine, by the way, for Carolina this year. But when you traded for him last year, it was a Columbus that traded for him, and yeah. it was like he wasn't even on the roster. Um, 
that's if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay for a rental, I want to know what I'm renting is gonna be there for those twenty plus games. Yeah, uh, uh, the other guy. I mean, he's not. I wouldn't call him a scorer per se, but his name has been connected with the Coyotes a few different times. That's Chris Kreider. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Kreider. Just take out the other team's goalie in Game One of a playoff series, yeah, and I mean, then just go to playing, work. Yeah, that could matter for yeah, Edmonton. Someone asked me about him as well. Would you take Kreider? Yeah. Would I take him? Sure. But do, would I give up a lot? Right. And then <sighs> would you resign him? Depends for how much. I mean, yeah. how much do you think Chris Kreider I, asks I don't know. for? I think he fits with the team well, but he doesn't. It's one of those guys that he does everything the team would want him to do, but he doesn't necessarily make them better aside from giving them more guys that do the same thing that they already do. That's the thing. Like. I don't yeah, think he's they not a game changer. They no. don't need like he's a he's a forty forty five point guy that you can stick in your middle six and that's right. Physical. Yeah. He's I mean, top again, fifty points twice fits perfectly with what they do. But he helps he doesn't your team. But you have a bunch of those team. guys. Yeah, he doesn't add something that the team doesn't already currently have. And do you want to lock up four, five, six million dollars per year into somebody that doesn't do the thing that already does the things you do well? What would the power play look like if you added Taylor Hall? Where would you play him? Well, I mean, I think you would build the power play around him. Mm. Um, but that's what I'm asking. Like, do you set? How do you? Interesting question. Because I'd like to have Hall and Kessel on the ice at the same time, if possible. Um, assuming Hall would bring out the best in Kessel, but I don't know how that would look yet. Mm. Um, I don't. Know, I just there's not a lot of scores you can necessarily trade. Not a lot of guys that you trade for, and you're like, okay, we've got 20 games left. This guy's getting us nine goals. I got it. Oh boy. Ilya Kovalchuk. He doesn't Chuck. have it based on the look of Jamie's. <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say, but on, on the look on your face told me you didn't have crazy it. Crazy eyes. Yeah. Mm. Jamie Ooh. gets the crazy eyes. <laughs> Jamie crazy eyes. Kovalchuk. Um, I'm not even going to look. This is disturbing. Uh, a lot of I'm questions serious, by the way. Like, like this. Tweet me. Uh, just remember, Jamie doesn't like Colorado and wants the Coyotes to get Ilya Kovalchuk. Lisa, what pieces will Chaika still need to add in order to make the Coyotes a troop contender? I think uh, we just covered that, actually. Probably yeah. a scorer and, I think, another defenseman. Yeah. That's what I think is coming. Greg asked about defense. Um, do we have names on defense that they could trade for? Uh, I can pull up some here. This is a guy, again, I'm just going with pending UFAs to make things easier. They're not getting Petrangelo or Barry or those guys, so I'm not even to talk about them. But might just, be able to get Barry out of Toronto uh, the way he's maybe. playing. Maybe. Justin Schultz, Mike Green, Zach Bogosian, Andy Green, Sammy Votnin. Chris Tanev. What happened to Sammy Vatanen? What happened Jersey. to Sammy Vatanen? I'll Jersey. come closer to the. Yeah, maybe that's it. New Jersey happened to Sammy. Although Vatanen. now you start, but you're starting to think about like the way they have their lineup now. Isn't Vatanen a right-handed defenseman? Like now, like he was the guy I was looking at. But I like Sammy Vatanen. Now we just talked about some of those pairings. You might, I mean, not that you would turn it down, but you might actually be okay going out and getting a left-handed defenseman based on the way we just talked about where, again, assuming health, which is again always risky where you would play that sixth defenseman. Um, it's a nice problem to have. It's easier to find Sammy out. Va- yeah, I mean, if you got if you added Sammy Votnin, where would you, where, where would you play him <laughs> on this team? Yeah. Rover. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Rose writes in, on a scale of one to Leafs fans, how ridiculous are the fans that want to trade OEL or Ranta? I, I do not, as I've said, understand why you would want to trade Ranta. It is the strength of your team I that you have two it's goalies. It's just wrong. It's like I understand why people are saying it. I, we don't need I, to help any other teams. But I, I, I get the idea that oh, goaltending is a strength. We have two of them. We can trade one and still have just as good a goaltending. That, but that is it's that second part of that equation that gets, it's flawed. There, and there's another problem. They don't have a guy ready to be the backup. No, I know all of you think Aiden Hill is ready to be that guy, Big Aiden Hill. He's not. No, no. 
he's not ready to assume that role. This is what separates you from the other. This is why you're in first place. Is because you have yes. two goalies like this. Why would you trade your strength? And, and that's the point that I keep making on the show. The, the Coyotes don't have a lot of advantages over most of the top teams in the league. Mm-hmm. That is a tremendous It's an advantage, advantage over every team except Boston. I would say Boston's yeah. right there. Yeah. Every other team you have an advantage over in that regard. Um, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen them play bad games and still win by yes. three. Yes, it makes a, it it, make, it cleans up a lot of errors having that elite goaltending that they have. And you're not getting a number one center for Ranta. It's not like some no, team's no. going to be like, oh, we'll yeah. give you Mark Shifley for Ranta. Okay, then we'll have sure. the conversation. Here's we'll Jack talk. Hughes. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> Go build your future. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take your backup. Here's goalie. a gently use Miko Rantanen. Like, okay, sure, we'll figure it out. Uh, but uh, the OEL stuff, it's not going to happen. But. This might be the first time in the history of anybody asking about that that it actually could potentially make a little sense at some point. It's been used as just a scapegoat whenever the team's playing bad. We'll trade OEL. He's had a bad game, or somebody else had a bad game near OEL, so, so it was we'll his blame fault. OEL, yeah. This year, I could at least it's a little bit more logical than it has been. But what are you trading him for? And then wh- who, how are you filling that hole? In yeah, the why line? are you selling low and you need to get defense back? Yeah. So anytime you're trading, anytime you're trying to win now and you're trading away a position hoping to get that position back, you think you're getting again, a better defenseman than Oliver back? Again, if somebody's willing to give you a bona fide first liner, then you have that conversation. But I don't know who would be doing that right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know who that trade partner would be. Coyotes fans are all thinking OEL for Matthews now. Make it happen. <laughs> By the way, make it happen. For the record, I would do that if I were the Kyrie Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> Austin Matthews? Yes. Yeah, sure, one, yes. One I would one. also do that. Yes. One for one. I'd even throw in Prosper. trade is one for one. Yeah. So they have a backup. Yeah. Or a starter. Um, Michael, when they interview Grabner in the arena, can someone hand him a shirt? It's an impossible body standard I can't live up to. Yeah, the players feel the same way. <laughs> Derek Stepan did an interview with him in the locker room, and he talked about wanting to take off his shirt, but just couldn't bring himself to do it because yeah. he had to sit next to him. Because he was interviewing him, right? Yeah. For a step behind the mic or whatever? Yep. yep. Uh, unfollowed by the masses has a question for Jamie. Nice. Oh. That's fitting. Can Jamie comment on the Avs' depth? Does he think it was lateral and maybe even worse still? I think I did that in the, earlier in the show. That yeah. was one of the questions I directly responded to earlier in the show. I skipped over the other one. Yeah. You should skipped over that one. So too. that's a dodge for the record. Okay. No, I went, I went into depth about Donskoy and <laughs> Burakovsky. And... Um, Ozzy, in the Leaf column, the suggestion of Dougie Hamilton for Kapanen plus a prospect came up, and, I, and it led to me thinking... What do you think of the top five trade suggestions Leaf Dumb has come up with? I mean, oh boy. Leaf Dumb is it D U M B? Is well, the second half? Of I kind of want. It, I spelled? hope it is Leaf Dumb. No. <laughs> do you think they're trading Dougie Hamilton with the way he's playing? There's a good defenseman out there. We want him, so make the trade. I okay. finally. That's, that's pretty much for, how it works. For our yeah. third, yeah, that's, for yeah. our third line right wing. Yes. Well, I told you. I don't know if Craig was on the phone still, but last uh, week there was the talk of we need a backup goalie, which they do. They're a mess. Oh, is Michael uh, Hutchison bad? Yeah, he's probably the worst goalie in the league. Um, and so the, the the feeling up there was, let's get Tristan Jari from Pittsburgh. Who is their starting their goalie now, yeah. now? And also, you know, Pittsburgh's trying to win games, too. Again, this isn't <laughs> Ottawa or Carolina. We're not, get we're not here to okay. serve Carolina. Okay. Well, some teams are, Toronto. to be fair. Uh, yeah, uh, Ottawa uh, and Carolina. But yeah, yeah. We'll get so, Hamilton. well, on that front, you know, For, maybe, maybe they will, maybe will give him their point-per-game <laughs> defenseman. <laughs> For future Seattle Sockeye, Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, I mean, maybe it wouldn't even take Kapanen. Um, yeah, <laughs> Toronto's Toronto's issue is backup goaltending, and I don't think well, they're going to be. Able there's to, other issues up there. Yeah, but they're going to play Freddie Anderson 80 times this year before the the playoffs start. Right. Future Seattle Sakai Antiranta. 
Um, Watch everybody in the fan base shiver. Ah, uh, he's not signed. Doesn't even matter. That Seattle season isn't like for another twelve years. I know anyways, they're so never going to. It is crazy how far <laughs> it away feels is like it? forever. Because it felt like Vegas came together so quickly. Right, they're going to announce another expansion before Seattle joins. Yeah, somebody else can get a team before okay. Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're good, we're good right now. Actually, yeah. Kansas City. Yeah, we're, we're ready to go. Anybody about Quebec? Lol. Um, <laughs> uh, that should be our poll question: Who gets an expansion team before Seattle? Booper. Should they break up the goose chick pair to pair with the weaker D-men? Is it better to have a great pair and two subpar pairs or three okay pairs? Wow, this sounds like an SAT question. Pretty much is it time to play with the pairings? Not that one. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with with that one. Um, And look, maybe they aren't as good two months from now, but let that happen organically if that's the case. You got issues right now, though, with those other pairs. I don't know what you do. I am really curious to see what they'll do tonight. Normally I'd be at the morning skate, but here I am. (laughs) With <laughs> you fine gentlemen. Serving the masses. Uh, Eldon, we had a version of this last week, but Craig wasn't here. Best Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation is the clear number one. Which comes See, next? It's not even on my list of top three. Oh, it is the clear number one. No. Yeah. It's not on my list of top uh, three. You? I don't, I don't watch Christmas movies. Seriously? No. Not What's wrong with you? I, we don't have enough time to go into that. <laughs> um, you, don't, you don't watch Christmas movies? No, I'm not a big movie guy in general, but the Christmas movies in particular, I just don't. I don't. I'm sure I've seen some, but I don't seek them out. There's a lot of very variations of the same questions, like Fire Marshal Bill, is it time to trade OEL? He's been met, except for the second half of 2018-19. Uh, Domsky, who has a higher chance of getting moved, Prosvitov or Ranta, for a top-six score? Well, well, one is zero, so then I guess yeah, it has to be Prosvitov. But you're not getting a top-six score for Prosvitov straight up, either. No. So, yeah, they're not moving Ranta. Okay, can I name my Christmas movies? Oh, yeah, I just not care about those. No, I forgot is that, that where this here. is? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we don't. We just don't. We don't care. But you did bring muffins. Three. You did bring muffins, so I guess we should. Wow. Uh, we feel like I should draw this out a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Make it awkward for everyone. It is getting awkward. It is. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm just going to give you two. Oh, okay. One from my childhood. Yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, okay. I mean, how can you not watch that? You don't. Okay, watch that's that a good one. I've seen it. I've seen these Canadian Smarties. My other one. Elf. Oh, Elf. Yes, Elf is a strong number two. How did we forget Elf last week? Are you, do, you know, do you know how to open that? Okay, so look at the big orange thing at the top. Oh, are we pulling out the Smarties? Well, you were taking a while to answer, so I was going to try. So um, you're going to be the sampler. Well, no, I'm going to chew questions. on the air. Okay. No, I would never do that. Uh, well, see, now these, these are responses to other responses. Fantastic Mr. Fox evokes the name of Ryan Strom. Can we interest you in a Ryan Strom if you don't want to cry to first round picks only? Yeah, no. Someone said we already tried. I think someone replied, we already tried to Strom. Nah, we're good. Um, more questions about all the coaches around the league being fired. Why doesn't the NHL put an extra ref in a booth to watch replays to help make correct calls or at the very least speed up reviews? That's interesting. Same reason the NFL won't do a sky judge because they're lazy and they don't want to spend like three, $3 more than they have to, to actually make things work. It seems like a shot at the NFL. <laughs> and it wasn't even veiled. You guys are only going to give like four second answers, so I can't eat this Canadian candy, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. We're purposely watching. Uh, Todd, who would you put on your Mount Rushmore of Coyote social media? Oh, Damaris seems like a lock. Yes. Yes. And Butterpig Krause's Instagram is a strong choice. Butterpig Krause is definitely on there, too. Who else rises? Those are two solid choices. Yeah, those are, cl- yeah, those are the obvious ones. Um, All right. A few uh, answers I'm going to eat. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's, there's not, they don't have a long storied history of social media lights. I mean, is it just players we're talking? I'd assume. Does he say players? He doesn't specify players. Well, I mean, you got to put Biz on there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's a player. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that counts. Okay, so there's three. That's enough. Okay, so what are, what are your uh, thoughts on the Smarties? 
They're interesting. It, it's an interesting peculiar. flavor of chocolate, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, you can't, can't place it. I've had that experience with a few Canadian foods. The ketchup this chips. This is uh, odd. Yeah, it's they're like Not necessarily good. They taste. I don't. I don't want to say like bad. They taste like knockoff M and M's. But not necessarily in a bad way. They're just yeah, like it's stretched a out M&M's. Yeah, the, the flavor lingers longer. Give so one you're to me they're terrible? They look like little yeah, hockey pucks. Give me one of yours so I don't have Craig to sacrifice. Craig has his own box. Oh, look, he's still possessive of them, even mm-hmm. though he doesn't like them. I didn't say I don't like them. There, eat that, eat that purple M&M. It's actually brown. Yeah. Oh, this one's purple. Brown. All right. All right. Um... What is one lineup change that could give the Coyotes the boost they need? <laughs> right. to I just take? like looking at it. it, it is, it's weird because there's like multiple flavors and it lingers. They, at, they legitimately linger for a little bit. I don't know why they call them Smarties when Smarties are very clearly not chocolate. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know which came first. I'm guessing. I'm assuming those did because I think they're British originally, but I don't know. Mm. Mm. Now Craig's out. Craig's on out. Them. Okay. Mm. I don't think so. Put them right up there with ketchup chips and poutine. Yeah, both overrated, ketchup chips and poutine. Yeah, ketchup chips yeah. are whatever, but all dressed chips are where it's at. All dressed chips are amazing. That's where it's at. They are, yeah. And I found them in the U.S. Where? In Arizona. Where? I'll tell you off the air. No, tell me now. Tempe, Arizona. Okay. Yeah. That's where I found these, too. Yeah? yeah. Where'd you find these? Candy Addict on Mill. Okay, not the same place. Not a sponsor of the show, but can be. Well, you go there a lot. What is one lineup change that could give the Yotes the boost they need to take and hold first place? I'd swap Grabner for Keller on their respective lines. Grabner needs more ice time and isn't getting isn't gelling with Richardson this year, and Keller needs less ice time and more focus. Adding um, uh, Connor McDavid. That's my that, <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, again, I would still like to see more, and we see a time more step on Keller Kessel line. Yeah, I wonder if they'll go back to that at some point. That that line was had crazy possession numbers and awful puck luck yeah. when they played together. At some point, I'd like to see it back together and see if they could rekindle that. It was early in the year too. It was yeah. uh, Ben Schroyer? While while I don't think the Coyotes will end up trading for a defenseman, what kind of defenseman do you think they would target? Shut down, offensive, or right-handed? Some, as I said earlier, uh, they need somebody who's more of a physical presence back there who can, you know, win board battles, which was the, their problem for a good stretch there where they were they were defending too much because they were losing those one-on-one battles. But it can't be somebody who, you know, can't do anything offensively. you got to be able to move pucks in this league, obviously. You need to get pucks up quickly. You need to be able to skate them up occasionally. Yeah, no, I could not agree more. We're getting a lot of questions that we've already answered, but I will just read Jeffrey Travis Twyman's last sentence. Thanks. I love the podcast. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Jeffrey. Speaking of people who love the podcast, oh, yeah, let's, to this last week. let's read this up now. Feel free to uh, rate and review. Yes, please. please. Please rate and review At the least podcast. Rate. Where can they do that, Luke? On iTunes. Okay. At least rate, because that helps other people hear the show. Yes. It, but it, please it review. Does. How many reviews? Are we at some sort of threshold? I don't know. Reviews? I don't know how many reviews we have, but I'd like to get the ratings yeah, up over yeah. in the so We have 83 ratings so far, but we appreciate everybody that's done it. We'll go shout out to the, the two most recent ones. Jamie's going to read the two most recent reviews. Yes. So if you want your review, well, I don't, read I don't know if they necessarily read it. We're just going to say thank you, Vic. Okay, you want me to read them? You, All right, this one is we'll the read, original right? Aldanius from November. Fun and informative is the title. Heavy on the Arizona Coyotes, which I like, but also great insight on what's going on around the NF- NHL. Year round, great talk and a fun listen. No. Yeah, I like that guy. Jamie gave him a physical thumbs up right there. Yeah. Be sure to thank your cousin for <laughs> me. <laughs> and then, no, that was one of my like nine TXYs. Oh, there it was. Or current, well, I don't know. I keep, I keep getting this. It's a, it's a lot number. I'm basically the Antonio Cromartie of this podcast. Um, so, um, and then uh, the most recent one from December first, Matt twenty eighty seven, uh, best hockey podcast out there. Better than spitting chicklets. No offense, oh, oh, look at that. Take that, Biz. Yeah, suck on that. Uh, 
even with, even with all of Jamie's Buffalo hate, I enjoy every episode. And sorry, Luke, this is the best part. It's a donut hole. Well. So that that is my favorite review so far because uh, Luke is wrong. Outstanding. I'll allow it in the And I don't even know what Matt was doing on the show. Donut. He was filling in for Craig. Asteroids. Or what oh. did he say? Spheroids. Spheroids. Steroids. And you'll all notice that Matt is not with yeah. us this week. <laughs> yeah. Because of his donut spheroid references. It actually made me start to think donut hole might be the real answer. Um, which it isn't. All right. Anything else before we wrap up? Anything that you guys want to get off your chest before we wrap up the show? Absolutely nothing. Okay. Jamie? I, I think I've already eat enough crow in Colorado for one episode. Ja- Jamie's I'll come back next week and do the same. His miscolored Philadelphia Eagles shirt again today that he's going to pretend I was surprised. I was, w- I was waiting for you to mention that. I wanted to close with it. Yeah. Mm. I, we're over where five. Where Philadelphia. You just buy it. <laughs> I'm assuming, I don't remember where, I think it's American Eagle, I'm assuming. Okay. Not the candy factory or whatever no, you not, not candy addict. It's coming okay. in for a landing, right? Is that what's happening here? I think so, but it's got nothing to land on. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> That's really, it, it represents that I have no substance. Yeah, it's a metaphor for our podcast. We're coming in for a landing, but we have nothing, nothing to land, land on. <laughs> All right. On that note, for Craig Morgan, a disgusted Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. Eat your Smarties, Luke. <laughs>